Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Traveling On Radio Show, your premier source for travel news and information, featuring your hosts, Tanya and Ian Fitzpatrick. Now, the Traveling On Radio Show. And good afternoon, everybody. Thank you for joining us today on the Traveling On Radio Show. We're your hosts, Tanya and Ian Fitzpatrick, and we're broadcasting live from our studios right outside our nation's capital. We're happy to be your travel partners during the next hour and every Tuesday at this time. And we have a great show lined up for you today. And as you know, on the Traveling On Radio Show, we like to highlight new trends in travel. And we're going to do just that today as we explore medical tourism. We will be joined by Jonathan Edelheit with the Medical Tourism Association. Then fasten your seatbelts as we travel a path of the charity ride across America with NASCAR icon Kyle Petty. Of course, to join in on the conversation, call us at our studio line at 888-463-6748. That's 888-GO-FOR-IT. And as you may have heard last week, we're inviting you to travel with us to New Orleans for the 26th Annual French Quarter Festival, April 16th through the 19th. And we're broadcasting live on April 18th from Jackson Square. We have received an exclusive rate at the Western New Orleans Canal Place, and we'd like to invite you to travel with us, and you can visit our blog entry on our website at traveln-on.com to obtain the special code and call-in number for the hotel. And also, we'd love to have you join our networking circles on Twitter and Facebook and sign up for our newsletter so you get a immediate heads up about some of these trips and I think between the la- over the last couple of weeks we've actually booked four trips abroad. So we'll be broadcasting um, uh, from four different remote locations between now and June thus far. So sign up at our website traveln-on.com. You know, while travel isn't the first thing that comes to mind when contemplating going under the knife, going abroad for many medical treatments can actually be a beneficial experience. The term commonly applied to this kind of travel is medical tourism, and as costs for even single, simple procedures rise, it's becoming an increasingly popular choice for people all over the world. Costs for dental work, cosmetic surgery, and a variety of other medical treatments abroad can be as little as a tenth of the cost of the same treatment at home. And here to tell us a little bit more about this rapidly growing travel market is Jonathan Edelheit, president of the Medical Tourism Association. Jonathan, welcome to the Traveling On Radio Show. Thank you for having me. It's our pleasure. Now, tell us, what is medical tourism and why is it becoming so popular? Uh, Medical tourism is the practice where Americans are uh, starting to travel outside the United States for very affordable and high-quality health care. For years, many Americans have traveled to Latin America, uh, Brazil, Argentina for cosmetic surgeries um, and bariatric surgeries. And things are changing now as the health care crisis continues and health care costs go up that now there's an even greater number of patients going, and now they're starting to travel for more um, serious surgeries, like orthopedic surgeries, knees, backs, hips, heart, and transplants. And they're doing it because they can save up to 90% on the cost of their surgery um, and engage in some tourism and be treated in a first-class modern hospital that's going to be nicer than most of the average U.S. hospitals. Now, Jonathan, you touched on a 90% cost differential. Is cost primarily driving this, and if so, why? Uh, Cost is really a huge uh, driver of it. Um, You know, to give you an example, uh, we just helped uh, a gentleman from Orlando, Florida, who needed a double knee replacement, that his hospitals in Orlando told him it would be $50,000 per knee or a total of $100,000. And for him... It was a choice of setting him, uh, taking out a home equity loan and setting himself back 20 to 30 years when he was getting to retire um, or try to find an alternative. And he went online and found out that Costa Rica had very high quality care, that the surgery was about 80% less where he would have to only pay $20,000 for his double knee replacement and that he can actually engage in some tourism and see uh, some of the sites in Costa Rica. And he had never left the U.S. before and was very excited about the opportunity. So the cost savings is, is a really huge factor because in that case, he saved 80000 U.S. dollars. 
Hmm. My goodness. Now, from your from your estimates, how many, you know, I think at the beginning of the intro, I, I mentioned that people all over the world are, are um, embarking on medical travel. But uh, I know this is a very popular uh, gr- uh, travel market within the United States. From your estimate, how many Americans are actually traveling overseas? Uh, there are. It's estimated that this year, in 2009, millions of Americans will travel overseas. Um, and Deloitte, a very large consulting firm, did a report to say about they estimate as many as 3.5 million Americans could go overseas this year, and in less than eight years there could be as many as 23 million Americans going overseas because there's such a price differential the quality is high um, that more Americans will start going overseas. And I think the way um, our economy is today, uh, more people are concerned with saving money than they had been in the past. Mm. Now, Jonathan, I know that certain countries such as India have become significant uh, players in this uh, overseas medical market in in terms of uh, drawing in Americans. Are there popular uh, locations based on quality of service and and just other features about about the destinations that Americans are seemingly drawn to? Yeah, um, you know, I I think a a lot of Americans are, are going to places where there's high quality, but also there's been tourism in the past. And some of those countries, which are some of the top destinations, are India, uh, Thailand, Korea. Um, also in Latin America, Costa Rica and Mexico are uh, some of the biggest destinations in Latin America for patients to travel to. But what's happening now is most countries throughout the world, um, and especially in Latin America, the actual governments and the hospitals are starting to promote themselves to Americans. So you'll start seeing um, Guatemala, El Salvador, Brazil, Argentina, Panama, um, all these countries are going to be working hard at attracting American patients. Mm. Now, quality and, and, and safety and all of those concerns are certainly at the forefront of many medical consumers. What role is the Medical Tourism Association taking in terms of helping to educate the American uh, medical consumer who might be contemplating procedures abroad, and are you coming up with with ranking systems and qualitative uh, systems to help um, patients make sense out of what they may face abroad in terms of some of the choices? Absolutely. Our association um, uh, is very stringent and does a lot of due diligence on hospitals and organizations that join our association so that uh, consumers know by going through our association they can deal with hospitals and uh, providers that will provide equal to or better care than they would here in the United States. Um, We're not doing a ranking system right now, but one thing um, that Americans can do is if they're traveling overseas to a hospital, they can look for Joint Commission International Accreditation. Um, Here in the United States, the Joint Commission accredits a majority of the U.S. hospitals, and they're a U.S.-based organization, and they've gotten into over the past couple of years accrediting international uh, or uh, hospitals. So Americans, by going to a Joint Commission International Hospital overseas, it's the idea is it's almost like stepping into an American hospital. Another thing that patients can do is if they're, it's very important for on the provider side, they can actually find themselves a doctor who is trained and practiced in the United States, but maybe is practicing in a foreign country or, or lives in that foreign country. Um, and we try to educate patients through a lot of this through, we have a uh, online and print magazine we make available f- uh, for free so people can learn about what are the best destinations, what are the, uh, the best quality hospitals, and what to look for. Uh, a lot of patients are going to be utilizing medical tourism facilitators, which are organizations that will help a patient uh, pick destination, pick a hospital, and pick a doctor, and actually help work out their travel logistics. Um, and for that, we highly recommend that consumers look uh, to our website to find which are the approved medical tourism facilitators so they don't run into any problems by using an organization that really isn't reputable. And, and, and I think you just answered my next question, which is, you know, I mean, knowing that doctors are not created equally or trained equally, frankly, um, you know, how would one go about researching a doctor's credentials even within an accredited hospital system? 
Uh, most of the hospitals are very transparent with the doctor's credentials. And I think it's, ex I mean, that's the most important thing I think any consumer should look at when they're looking to travel uh, for uh, medical tourism or medical travel is, you know, what is the experience of my doctor and what background has he done? And you can ask your medical tourism facilitator or the hospital for that information, and they'll provide it so you can know what medical school they went to, how long they've been practicing, what specialties they uh, uh, specialize in. But I think most importantly is how many surgeries uh, that doctor has performed for the one that you're coming for. And that's the most important uh, question a consumer should ask so they make sure they're getting the most experienced surgeon. And then what the consumer can do is they can compare based upon different destinations, uh, different countries, different hospitals to see which is the most experienced doctor and what's the best hospital to receive the medical care at. And a lot of patients can combine it with a vacation. A lot of patients are traveling and doing health checkups um, on vacation, which pays for their vacation. And even if the patient can't engage in tourism, most of them are bringing a companion, and the companion can engage in tourism activities. Hmm. Now, Jonathan, uh, as we go to break here, uh, it would seem as if a medical tourism might be more appropriate for uh, patients who are having elective procedures versus those who might have more acute critical needs. Could, could you speak to that briefly? Um, well, there's been a major shift in the industry where prior to this, um, in the past couple of years, patients were really traveling for the plastic surgery and cosmetic surgery. Now patients are going for the more serious surgeries, um, you know, the heart procedures, transplants, a transplant that might cost three to $400,000 here in the U.S., might only cost $50,000 overseas, and you're getting it done by a doctor who practiced at one of the top hospitals here in the U.S. And then a lot of patients are all traveling for their orthopedic procedures. Um, I think knee replacements, hip replacements, and back surgeries are the most sought-after surgeries uh, overseas for medical tourism. Having said that, if it's an emergency procedure, um, that's not something you would travel for. You would have to get that done here in the U.S. Mm. We're going to take a quick break, um, and if you have a question for Jonathan Edelheit, President of the Medical Tourism Association, give us a call on the guest line at 888-463-6748. That's 888-GO-FOR-IT. We'll see you on the other side of the break. BrownsWorldTravel.com is the premier Internet travel destination, offering you the best travel values for all your travel needs. Not only can you book the basics in travel, such as flights, rental cars, and hotels, but think of us when you're planning a cruise. A complete vacation package, registering for your honeymoon, or searching for those last-minute travel deals. Unlike the other online booking sites, BrownsWorldTravel.com does not compromise customer service. Backed by a team of seasoned travel professionals and a nationally rated agency, at BrownsWorldTravel.com there is always someone available to answer your questions. We have so many great travel deals that you'll make us your first choice when it comes to travel. Visit BrownsWorldTravel.com today and discover the best values in travel. That's B-R-O-N-Z-E WorldTravel.com. BrownsWorldTravel.com, where we celebrate life through travel. Where can you book all of your travel needs at the best price? Purchase the latest travel gear and get the most current and comprehensive travel news and information? TravelinOn.com. That's TravelIn-On.com. Whether you're a seasoned traveler, novice, or whether you're planning a long trip or looking for a weekend getaway, TravelinOn.com has the tools to complete your travel plans. Go to TravelinOn.com. That's TravelIn-On.com. The traveler's best resource. This is the Traveling On Radio Show, bringing you a world of travel news and information. Once again, let's join your hosts, Ian and Tanya Fitzpatrick. And welcome back as we enjoy a little music from Punta Mayo's Women of Jazz, their newest release. Punta Mayo is the official music sponsor of the Traveling On Radio Show. And remember to follow us on Facebook and Twitter to get the latest information on upcoming shows and to find out where we are going to be there and here and everywhere kind of all over the globe and i know we've got some great remote shows planned uh, for 
New Orleans in a few weeks and uh, possibly Ireland. Oh, definitely uh, Ireland thereafter. Yeah, yeah, and we are talking to Jonathan Edelheit, the president of the Medical Tourism Association. And, Jonathan, one of the questions that um, I have really concerns um, uh, uh, the quality of the of the facilities abroad and the doctors. Speak to what uh, uh, patients can find in terms of doctor quality and, and facility quality as, as uh, many of these countries and corporations abroad have made significant investments in the health infrastructure. Yes, I, I think it's a very uh, you know important question and point because a lot of people, when they think about international hospitals, they think of developing countries and hospitals that might not be modern or might not have advanced equipment. And what they'll find is the exact opposite, where these hospitals that are promoting medical tourism and American patients coming, they're really like walking into a seven-star hotel that you really won't even find in the United States, where you have marble everywhere, you have your own private room that's like a, uh, a, a VIP room at a hotel where you get a flat panel TV screen, you get your own private nurse in most cases, is a very much higher um, nurse-to-patient ratio, which means you're getting much more personalized care. Um, the hospitals are absolutely beautiful, and they have some of the most advanced medical equipment um, that I've seen where a lot of the hospitals have more advanced medical equipment than the average American hospital. And the, uh, the doctor relationship you will have with a foreign doctor, that's one of the biggest things that most patients talk about. They talk about being treated like royalty, uh, where the doctor sees them more often. The doctor gives the patient their cell phone number so the patient can call them at any hour, any time of the day or weekend for questions. Uh, and the doctors that you will go uh, see by traveling and getting your surgery overseas are some of the top experts in the world. Um, so you're getting one of the best surgeons that you could find. Jonathan, can you speak a little bit about, you know, I mean, it sounds wonderful, and, and, and I'm all about seven-star <laughs> accommodations, um, but... I know that you know we've heard of, of of individuals who have gone abroad for for procedures and and perhaps they didn't do their due diligence in researching uh, the facility or the doctor. So there there's some risks um, involved. There's some risks that have been identified with with medical tourism. Can you talk a little bit about that and 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 also about um, any aftercare issues or legal issues that arise uh, after the fact and how those those matters can be handled. Okay, absolutely. Uh, there are risks with traveling overseas. You know, one of the first risks that I would point out is that there are hospitals overseas that promote themselves to medical tourism and to Americans who don't have high quality. Um, and you can't really judge that by going to their website, and they will tell you they have high quality when they really don't. And there's also medical tourism facilitators or companies which will help coordinate your care and just like in any industry, there are good ones and bad ones. And there's been stories of uh, medical tourism facilitators stealing patients' money, um, sending them to hospitals that don't have high-quality care. And so the biggest risk a patient has is finding the right company to work with that's going to send them to one of the best hospitals. Um, and if they, if they do that, they'll avoid most of the risks uh, that would occur. Now, um, one thing that patients need to know when they travel overseas is that there's not the same legal system in place that is here in the U.S. Um, one of the reasons why the cost of surgery is so low is that we overseas they don't have the same absurd legal system um, with massive, uh, enormous judgments in the case of medical malpractice. So patients traveling need to know they're going to have limited to, in some cases, no, no legal recourse. Um, because in some countries, the biggest judgment a patient has ever gotten has been $80,000. But most of the patients traveling overseas know that and still travel because they feel they're getting a doctor who has tremendous experience and they're not concerned with the legal recourse. They just need to be aware of that. Now, Jonathan, with respect to uh, insurance coverage for uh, medical patients slash tourists who are considering this, does the typical U.S. health insurance uh, provider or insurer cover the costs, cover the uh, expenses abroad, or, or would people have to look at going out of their own pockets to uh, pay for these uh, 
uh, uh, various procedures abroad. Um, for for most people right now, the insurance companies are not covering it. But what okay. they're starting to do is they're starting to cover it. Uh, several large health insurance carriers like Aetna, WellPoint, Blue Cross Blue Shield have implemented pilot projects. Um, and it's our belief that shortly we'll see in the next year most major insurance companies offering the option of medical tourism and providing incentives to people such as waiving their deductible and coinsurance for the patient who travels overseas and covering travel expenses like hotel and airfare for the patient and the companion. And some are even going further and going to give a cash incentive on top of that of about five to $10,000. So that's starting to be done in some test pilot projects before it's rolled out. And when people start getting those kinds of incentives, it literally means the patient can save personally, you know, potentially ten to $20,000 by traveling overseas. And, and what about aftercare needs when, a, uh, when a, a person comes back to this country and they still need follow-up uh, from their own physician or what have you? Will insurance companies here cover those, uh, uh, those appointments? Yes, yes. If they're going for aftercare. Now, if you've gone overseas and you've had a surgery and you have a complication from that surgery, there's a chance the U.S. insurance company over here would not cover it if they don't have medical tourism approved in their plan. If they had medical tourism and were allowing you to go overseas, it would be completely covered. Um, but if you're just going for normal follow-up and there really aren't any complications because of the surgery, then the U.S. insurance company should continue to cover your, your benefits. Jonathan, one of the questions that I uh, had in our remaining minutes is uh, to kind of talk about the competitive response from well-known U.S. medical uh, providers. Uh, uh, I know in, in some instances uh, a lot of well-known hospital brands, so to speak, have, have joint ventures and affiliations with uh, hospitals abroad and are leveraging that uh, as, as a way to uh, kind of establish their brands globally. Uh, kind of speak to that, and is that really being done as a way to offer some assurances to Americans who might want to travel abroad and um, have services at a facility that uh, has such an arrangement with a well-known medical center in the States? Yeah, a, a lot of, there are several hospitals overseas that do have affiliations with organizations like Johns Hopkins and Harvard. Um, those really weren't put in place specifically to attract American patients, but were put in place as a partnership um, for uh, the increased quality for the hospital. And what patients need to do is that can provide assurance, but they need to make sure that it's a real partnership. And when I say that, um, Johns Hopkins and Harvard have real partnerships, but there are other medical institutions that have a partnership, but it's, there's, there's not much behind it. It's a name only. Um, so patients need to travel and, and do their due diligence when they're going overseas to make sure what affiliation of a U.S. hospital or medical institution there is and what that affiliation really means. And some hospitals here in the U.S. are actually building hospitals overseas. Um, one example for that is the Cleveland Clinic and the Mayo Clinic. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Jonathan, as we, uh, as we uh, end this, uh, this segment, we thank you so much for joining us today. Can you share your website address with our listening audience? Yes, our website is uh, www.medicaltourismassociation.com, and that's with all three words, uh, Medical Tourism Association spelled out. And, and the site is a consumer uh, uh, information site for the most part, or our listeners can go to your site to, to kind of uh, uh, to recap some of the information you shared with us today? Yes, it's, yes, it's a consumer site where they can look up hospitals and facilitators, and then if consumers want to be able to read our online magazine, which is free, which educates them, that's at our mm -hmm. other website, which is uh, medicaltourismmag.com, and okay. short M-A-G for Okay. Mag. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us today on the Traveling On Radio Show. And we're going to, uh, as we take the, go into this break, we're going to be excited to share our uh, next guest with you, Kyle Petty, as we continue our Traveling On Traveling Heart series. You're listening to the Traveling On Radio Show with Tiny and Ian Fitzpatrick, and we'll see you on the other side of the break. Every hour of every day, an American is diagnosed with multiple sclerosis. 
MS typically strikes between the ages of 16 and 50 when people are building careers and raising families. Today, there is no known cause or cure for MS. To learn more about this unpredictable disease, to volunteer, or to make a contribution to this important mission, please call 1-800-FIGHT-MS. You can make a difference by helping us stop this devastating disease. Please call 1-800-FIGHT-MS today. Thank you. BronzeWorldTravel.com is your one-stop travel store where you can find the best travel values available at the most competitive prices. Whether you're booking a cruise, flight, car, or vacation package, they have so many great travel deals that you'll make them your first choice when it comes to travel. Visit them today at BronzeWorldTravel.com. You'll also find a link to BronzeWorldTravel.com on the Travel and On website. BronzeWorldTravel.com, where they celebrate life through travel. This is the Travelin' On Radio Show. Once again, let's join your hosts, Ian and Tanya Fitzpatrick. We're enjoying some music from Women of Jazz, Punta Mayo World Music's newest release. As uh, you know, Punta Mayo is the official music sponsor of the Traveling On Radio Show. Remember to follow us on Facebook and Twitter to get the latest information on the show and our travels. And we've got some pretty big travels coming up in a few weeks as we take the show on the road to New Orleans for the 26th annual French Quarter Festival. And we're definitely looking forward to that. And don't forget to visit uh, www.travelin-on.com for the latest travel news, information, and travel specials. And remember, there you can also sign up to receive our bi-weekly newsletter, The Cultural Connector, which previews upcoming shows. As we all know, Kyle Petty is an integral part of the NASCAR community. With eight victories on the NASCAR Sprint Circuit and multiple awards for his philanthropic efforts, including his recent introductions to the Philanthropy Hall of Fame and the Humanitarian Hall of Fame, Kyle knows what it takes to be a winner on and off the track as well. In 1995, Kyle combined his passion for helping others and his love of motorcycles to create the Kyle Petty Charity Ride Across America, and he joins Traveling On to talk about his upcoming ride in May. Kyle, welcome to Traveling On. Hey, thanks for having me, man. We're so happy to have you here now. You come from a great lineage uh, with uh, your dad, Richard Petty, the king, and uh, your grandfather, Lee Petty. What was it like growing up in the Petty household? <laughs> you know, I thought it was normal at the time. When I look back, <laughs> it, it wasn't normal. Uh, it's funny. I tell people all the time I was probably in the second or third grade before I realized everybody's father that didn't have a race car. Uh, because uh. that's all we had. You know, we, we grew up next to the race shop. And, and I'm from rural North Carolina, so I tell people it's kind of like uh, everybody around this area has dairy farms or, or is in the farm business, and we just happen to raise race cars uh, yeah. the way it ended up. So yeah, it was pretty cool. We spent the summers going to races, uh, traveling throughout the country, and uh, I think that's where I got this wonderlust where I just travel all the time that uh, was from just growing up riding around the country in a car and seeing the country. That way I just switched my car in for a motorcycle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, uh, NASCAR has come quite a way since since uh, since uh, your dad was uh, the king of the sport. Could you ever have imagined that NASCAR would be the global force that it is today, given its pretty humble roots in North Carolina and much of the South? No, not, not really, no. Uh, I, I think you look at the sport, and, and when you look at it when, when I was growing up, and uh, I was born in 1960, but when you look at the 60s and the 70s and the 80s and, and that period of the sport, um, you know, really I, I, I compare it all the time to to, uh, to hockey. Ours was a southeastern sport. Hockey was a northeastern sport. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, basketball, baseball, and, and football, the NFL, they were the national sports of this country. And, uh, you know, all of a sudden because of the economy and the way people, people become a lot more mobile and a lot more fluid and they – Guys that grew up in Florida ended up in Washington State, and people that grew up in New York City and Connecticut and up in that area in Canada ended up in Texas. And the next thing you know, the Stanley Cup's in Texas, you know what I mean? And the Stanley mm-hmm. Cup's out. out yeah. You know, who would have ever believed the Stanley Cup would come to North Carolina? Uh, we, That's we, right. <laughs> we don't have ice in North Carolina. It doesn't work. <laughs> I, I think, you know, with, with, with the way this society has become a lot more mobile, uh, then our sport kind of took off, and, and TV helped a ton when, when uh, CBS and NBC and the networks and all that. And then you've got sponsors like Coca-Cola and 
you know, Wells Fargo, people like that who have taken the sport to a totally different level. Uh, you can't, you just about can't go to a grocery store today and not see something about motorsports in the grocery store. There's so much, uh, so much there. So I, I think, no, I, I don't think that we ever imagined that the sport would be any more than North Carolina, South Carolina, Virginia, Georgia, some of these places, more than a southeastern sport. Well, it, it certainly has grown as somebody who grew up in uh, in Michigan in in uh, in the hockey world uh, with Detroit Red Wings. You know, it's uh, I, I know it's a huge sport uh, up in my former neck of the woods, and 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 I love what you what you've done with your with your successes, and you know, and again, congratulations on all of your philanthropic awards. I mean, there's. So many, I don't know if I can say them in one breath, but <laughs> you were recently inducted, you know, into the uh, Philanthropy Hall of Fame and Humanitarian Hall of Fame, as Ian mentioned. But um, you were also named one of the USA's most caring athletes by USA Weekend, and uh, you were among one of the nominees uh, for the 2005 Sports Illustrated Sportsman of the Year, just to name a few. And that's not even the icing, uh, you know, that's that's not even... Uh, the, uh, the touching on uh, what what you want. I mean, so many so many awards, and and uh, and a lot of it has come from um, your work with um, not only uh, other organizations, but you created this charity ride back in 1995. Kind of give us an idea of how this, the charity ride came to be. A little bit of a, the history lesson of the charity ride. Okay, I, I tell people for the first five or six years, I lied about how the charity ride came to be. Uh, but, I, and, but recently I've begun to tell the truth. Here's what happened. There was myself, uh, Robin Pemberton, who is now a vice president of NASCAR, um, and, and then Harry Gant, who drove at the time, uh, mm-hmm. Don Kelly, who's a dealer. There, were, there was probably about 20, 25 of us. Uh, and we got to talking about it one day, about riding motorcycles from California to North Carolina. We raced out there, and we thought, man, how cool would it be to just – we had an off weekend after the racing, after the race, and how cool would it be to ride home? Uh, and we, you know, a bunch of guys sitting around, you know, just talking and, and, and BSing at the racetrack. So what a cool idea. Uh, so we decided that's what we were going to do. So we all went home and told our wives, and our wives all got together and decided that if we did that, they would all get divorces. Um, so that they were going to kick us all out of the house because you only get, we only get like three off weekends a year in the NASCAR schedule. Mm. <laughs> that's the funny part. So it was, uh, we all laughed about it a little bit, and then we said, oh. How about this? What if we do like a bike-a-thon where you, you get people to sponsor you like two cent a mile or a, a dime a mile? So we did that, and that first year we raised $35,000, wow. and we didn't know what to do. And, and uh, we stopped at a, we just decided to stop at a, at a children's hospital in Phoenix and, and give part of the money to, to just a family who couldn't pay their bill or uh, to go towards paying their bill. And, and we decided to do the same thing when we got to Atlanta. So we stopped at a couple of hospitals and gave the money away. And, and that was pretty much the end of it. And the next year, uh, some of us were talking again. They said, hey, you want to do that again? And it's like, yeah, let's just do it again. So uh, little by little, it grew from, from those beginnings to what it is now. Uh, last year, I think we gave away uh, a million two or a million three uh, to different children's hospitals, including the Shriners Hospital, which is a great organization. And then a large portion of the money that we raise now goes to the Victory Junction Gang Camp, to the camp here in North Carolina. Uh, and the camp that we're getting ready to, to break ground on, and we will break ground on during this ride uh, in Kansas City. So uh, it's kind of evolved into something unexpected. It, it's just like I, I tell people all the time, the best ideas are, are ideas that are not planned. They just kind of evolve into something, and, and that's kind of the way this one is. It just kind of rolled into something that we never planned that would ever be this big. <laughs> you know, you're t- telling that story, and, and mind you, uh, uh, the truth story is so much more interesting. I don't know what what uh, what Fib you were telling before, but I uh, love the true story. Yeah. <laughs> but it reminded me of uh, of uh, a story we heard recently. We interviewed um, a, a gentleman down in Arkansas, Hot Springs, Arkansas, and uh, he created the world's shortest St. Patrick's Day parade. It's less than a block long, and, I, and we asked, you know, how did you get this started? How did this come about? Is there an Irish population down there? And he said, no, we were just sitting around in a bar and thought it would be a good, you know, a lot of fun. So your story kind of reminded me of <laughs> of, uh, yeah. of the genesis of that. Yeah, and that's, and that's what's cool about it because it just the best ideas. I, I tell people all the time that the idea for this charity ride is kind of like the pet rock. It, it's just <laughs> it just kind of took off. You know what I mean? And when it took off, people. Yeah, well. 
Yeah. Now, uh, Kyle, this race, as uh, we've uh, mentioned, is now celebrating its 15th anniversary, and you've got uh, Chick-fil-A as a significant sponsor. Tell us about the race, which is going to kick off in May of uh, this year, and it's really going to pretty much kind of follow, uh, take take you from the West Coast all the way back east, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, this is, we, we've gone back to, to what we call our classic ride. Uh, the first year, like I said, the first year we left LA really and came back to Charlotte. Uh, and we just kind of weave and, and just trekked our way across the country. We didn't really know where we were going. And then, then we got into going really, we left San Francisco, we've left Palm Beach, uh, we've left up in Portland, Oregon. So we've, we've left a little bit of everywhere. Uh, and this year we decided to go back to that. Last couple of years we've gone north to south. Uh, I think people think across America as being left to right or east to west. Nobody really thinks about it being north to south unless you live in Canada. Uh, so, you know, that, that was a little bit different. But this year we're leaving Stevenson, Oregon uh, on a Friday, and then we're going over to Richland, Oregon. Uh, the first day we're going to ride up across Mount Rainier, which is just a gorgeous ride. And we're going to ride up there and then go to Steel, or down to Richland, and then we're going from Richland uh, over to Sun Valley, Idaho, and then to Park City, Utah, and then to Steamboat Springs, Colorado. And then out in, in, in western Kansas, we're stopping overnight in Hayes, Kansas. And we've been there before, and it's a great little community that really embraces the ride and what we're trying to do. Uh, and then we stop in Kansas City, and we're having a groundbreaking there, so we're staying a little bit longer there. Then we're coming back through Batesville, Arkansas, uh, and then in Nashville, Tennessee. And then we're leaving Nashville uh, on a Saturday morning, and we're coming back over here to camp. And the camp is in session, so all the riders are going to get to come into camp when there's a lot of kids here. Uh, and experience what what some of the kids are all about and all that. So, we 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 used to do it in about seven days, and now we're the older we get, we have to add a day or two. We can't ride <laughs> We got to back them down to about 360 or 70 mile days. So we've added a couple of days. Uh huh. Now, now, how do you all um, select your your roads? I mean, do you just kind of do you choose cities that uh, you have an interest in stopping in, or or cities that have actually expressed an interest to have you come through and how do you select your route? Yeah, and, that, and uh, you know, you would think sometimes looking at the route that we just stand back and throw darts at a map um, because that's how bad we zigzag sometimes. But I, I tell you, what, what we've done uh, in the past, over, really the past couple of years, is obviously Chick-fil-A is a huge sponsor of ours. Coca-Cola is a huge sponsor. Um, we've got uh, Fluidine. We've got Pilot Travel Centers. So we try to obviously uh, to give those people our business because they, they give us – uh, they make a donation to camp and they make a donation to the hospitals. But at the same time, what we really do is we know we want to end at camp. So that, that's one thing. Uh, and then we just find a starting point and we draw a straight line across the country from the starting point back to the camp and say, okay, how can we get there and where's some cool places to go? Uh, and as we started to, to, to pick Stevenson, uh, Washington, we really picked that because of Casey Kane uh, and Greg Biffle and some of those guys in the NASCAR community that were from that area got to talking to those guys and they said man you have got to ride the border between uh oregon and washington you will not believe how beautiful it is and to go up to mount rainier so we were like good that's our starting point uh and that's really is that's a simple explanation on how we picked our starting point and then we just kind of picked cities and places that we felt like for the riders uh and for what we were trying to do camp wise uh, we would have a big impact, and we felt like Sun Valley and Park City and Steamboat Springs and and Kansas City and Batesville uh, that they were they we could have an impact in those cities. And we had been through some of those cities before, but not all of them. So um, it, it's 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 funny. We've been uh, a little bit of everywhere, and people always say, "How'd you end up in our city?" And the question and the, <laughs> always the answer is, "I don't have a clue, man. We just ended up here." Mm-hmm. Now, Kyle, this is this is pretty much a, a nine day trek across the country with about two hundred riders uh, all of whom I, I guess are going to be on bikes and and so and so these folks really have to have a passion for riding bikes in at the first place but give us a sense of the cross section of uh, folks who 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 will be riding with you as uh, you make the trek well I tell you what you know we've got uh, just a huge cross section of people we've got a couple of NASCAR officials that ride with us mm-hmm. uh, we've got guys that own their own companies uh, and and men men and women and let me be real clear about that we have Every year, the amount of women that ride their own bikes and ride with us goes up. I think the first couple of years, my wife and another another lady from California were the only two that rode. And uh, last year, about 25% of the riders were, were women on bikes. And, hmm. and now we've been doing this so long, our children are riding. My daughter rides with us. My son, Austin, he's riding with us. So it's fun to see it's turned more into a family-type thing. But, 
you know, we have celebrities like Davis Love and Herschel Walker. Uh, Nikki Taylor has ridden with us the last few years. Uh, she just had a baby, so she's not going with us this year. Uh, mm. But uh, Matt Kenseth will be with us for a little bit of the ride this year. Uh, hopefully Clint Boyer will be with us for a little bit of the ride, and he and his family are going to come out and ride with us some. Uh, so from from celebrities to guys that, that inspect race cars to guys that work on race cars and uh, and a cross-section of people in between, uh, from doctors and lawyers and people like that to just uh, anybody that you would meet on the street are, are part of the riders. Mm. Well, Kyle, we're going to take a quick break here, and when we come back, I want to find out what people like myself and Ian, who aren't riders, how we can participate, too. You're listening to the Traveling On Radio Show with Tanya and Fitzpatrick, and when we come back after the break, we'll continue talking to my new Facebook friend, Kyle Petty. ridden with us the last few years. Uh, she just had a baby, so she's not going with us this year. Uh, mm. But uh, Matt Kenseth will be with us for a little bit of the ride this year. Uh, hopefully Clint Boyer will be with us for a little bit of the ride, and he and his family are going to come out and ride with us some. Uh, so from from celebrities to guys that, that inspect race cars to guys that work on race cars and, uh, and a cross-section of people in between, uh, from doctors and lawyers and people like that to just uh, anybody that you would meet on the street are, are part of the riders. Mm. Well, Kyle, we're going to take a quick break here, and when we come back, I want to find out what people like myself and Ian, who aren't riders, how we can participate, too. You're listening to the Traveling On Radio Show with Tanya and Fitzpatrick, and when we come back after the break, we'll continue talking to my new Facebook friend, Kyle Petty. Whether you're traveling by plane, train, or automobile, make TravelingOn.com your first stop. At TravelingOn.com, that's TravelIn-On.com, you can get current travel news and information, buy the latest travel book, and find those great travel bargains. Visit TravelingOn.com, your premier source for all things travel. That's TravelIn-On.com, and make sure to sign up for email specials and tune into the Traveling On radio show each week or a chance to win some great travel prizes. BrownsWorldTravel.com is the premier Internet travel destination, offering you the best travel values for all your travel needs. Not only can you book the basics in travel, such as flights, rental cars, and hotels, but think of us when you're planning a cruise. A complete vacation package, registering for your honeymoon, or searching for those last-minute travel deals. Unlike the other online booking sites, BronzeWorldTravel.com does not compromise customer service. Backed by a team of seasoned travel professionals and a nationally rated agency, at BronzeWorldTravel.com there is always someone available to answer your questions. We have so many great travel deals that you'll make us your first choice when it comes to travel. Visit BronzeWorldTravel.com today and discover the best values in travel. That's B-R-O-N-Z-E WorldTravel.com. BronzeWorldTravel.com, where we celebrate life through travel. Now, more of the Traveling On Radio Show. Shall we dance? Welcome back to the Traveling On Radio Show, everybody. Thank you for staying with us and enjoying this conversation we're having with Kyle Petty as he uh, shares with us the uh, upcoming charity ride across America. Kyle, tell us when exactly this, uh, the charity ride begins. Uh, the charity ride begins this year on May 7th and 8th. We have our kickoff in Stevenson. Basically, we try to come in a couple of days early. Uh, to whatever city we're leaving in, because um, when you have this many many riders, uh, safety is first. Safety has to be the foremost consideration. So what we really mm-hmm. do, uh, we bring a group in and we give safety clinics for a day uh, to brand new riders. If you're a brand new rider on the ride, you have to. It's mandatory that you have to go through the safety process and back through the safety clinics. But a lot of us just do it every year, just to, to hang out with the new riders and to meet new friends and, and hang out with old friends. You know, so. Uh, we do that for about a day, uh, and then we relax for about a day, and everybody gets rested up, and then we head out. So it, it kicks off May 7th and 8th in Stevenson, Washington, uh, and then, like I said, we go to Richland, and then we end up uh, on May 17th um, and back at the Victory Junction Gang Camp here in North Carolina. 
Now, can people like me and Ian, who aren't motorcycle riders, and honestly, I don't know if you'd want to see me on a cycle. I, I, I made a pretty large rooster tail when I attempted to ride motorcycles back as a kid in Howell, Michigan. But uh, can we can we hop on? Can we hop a ride with somebody who's who's participating in the charity ride? There's a couple of ways you can go. Uh, you know, obviously, you can call the the charity ride, which is the, or go to the website cowpettycharityride.com. Uh, and find out ways to be a rider or be a companion rider uh, or to actually be a part of the ride like that. So there's definitely that. We also have a program called uh, the Charity Ride Dream Team Challenge where uh, different people in their community uh, kind of get together and, and you become part of the ride uh, because you help sponsor some of the riders and you help do part of it. So last year we raised almost $40,000 just in different communities where people put together dream teams and would come out and uh, like if we went through Hayes, Kansas, there'd be 15 or 20 people all dressed in the same T-shirts and the hats and stuff, uh, and then they would be a part of the ride while we were there in town. Uh, and then we would leave town and go someplace else. But uh, that that was pretty cool. We have the virtual ride, so you can follow us on the, on the website. Uh, uh, you can follow us on Facebook. And then we do a thing where we have a, a motorcycle that we carry with us that has a sidecar. Mm-hmm. We pull in the gas stations or we pull anywhere. It's called Small Change, Big Impact. And we just ask people to reach in their pocket and throw out their dimes and pennies and nickels and quarters and, and stuff like that and drop them in the sidecar. Uh, last year, one time we unloaded the sidecar. We had 70 pounds of change in the sidecar. That's a lot of change in a sidecar. We raised about $35,000 just in dimes and nickels and pennies and quarters. So uh, there's a lot of ways if you just go to the website and, and uh, to either come out and physically be a part of it or to follow us along the way and be a part of it. Mm-hmm. Now, Kyle, one of the uh, one of the great things about the ride, obviously, is that it it it's, it supported charities, it supported the Shriners Hospitals, but there is this one charity that we know is 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 really close to you, and that's Victory Junction. And talk to us about Victory Junction and how uh, this year's uh, charity ride is going to benefit Victory Junction. Well, you know, basically, if you come to the camp in North Carolina. Um, the charity ride itself built the water park here. It's called the the, the Chick Fil A Cow Pity Charity Ride Water Park, and uh, you know we we funded that and, and helped do that. Last year we sent 350 kids to camp. Uh, you know at about 3,500 dollars a clip uh, per child. That's about what it costs us to, to to per child because when children come to camp at Victory Junction, it's totally free. Uh, it's free to their parents. It's free to the children. We pay for transportation, we pay for medicine, we pay for everything while they're here because we did not want this camp to be a burden on on families that were already emotionally uh, burdened and emotionally challenged uh, and, phys- and and you know financially challenged uh, and burdened. So we did not want the camp to be that. So we pay for everything, uh, and that's what the ride helps fund. So, you know, when the ride comes here, uh, like I said, we, we've raised – uh, we probably gave away a million, two million, three last year. Part of that money, as I said, this year will go to the to the Victory Junction Gang Camp uh, in Kansas. Uh, we were just fortunate and just blessed that a company out there called KBS is getting ready to break ground and uh, build the hospital facility for us out there. So every dime that we raise, uh, the funny part is these people pay to ride. We raise money along the ways. We have sponsors. Uh, and these people love to ride motorcycles, and they have a passion for riding motorcycles, but they also have a passion for these kids and a passion for the camp, and uh, that's, what, that's what it's all about. It's about giving back to the community. Now, what is the age range of the, of the children who, um, who get to participate in, in uh, Victory Junction camp? Uh, the age range, we, and, and that's, if you go to the website, if you go to victoryjunction.org, it will tell you it is 6 to 16. Um, but here, really what we see is this. Uh, there are a lot of five-year-olds out there and some four-year-olds uh, that uh, maturity-wise and, and uh, are a lot older than five or six years old. Uh, so we've seen kids that are four years old. We've seen kids that are five years old because their maturity level is, is so great. Uh, we've also seen 18- and 20-year-olds because their maturity level, they weren't as mature as what an 18- or 20-year-old would be. They were more in the 15-year-old range or the 16. And we see neurological diseases. So when you start looking around, uh, basically what we try to do is keep the heart of the camp between 6 and 16 years old. Uh, But we have young adult weekends. We have family weekends. Camp goes year-round. It's not just a summer camp. It it goes uh, 52 weeks a year. There's somebody here at the camp. We have a full-time doctor, six full-time nurses that work here. We have a staff of about 56 or 57 people that work here full-time. So uh, most of the time, 
a lot of times when I say camp, people just think of the camp they went to, or they think of Boy Scout camp or Girl Scout camp. Uh, but this is more like uh, a medical facility that is just disguised as a camp that operates year-round. Mm-hmm. And and can um, teenagers or other adults, are there volunteer opportunities uh, at Victory Junction itself? There are tons of volunteer opportunities. Uh, basically, we try to keep, during the summer months, we try to keep our ratio uh, two volunteers for every one child on campus, and we'll have 120 to 130 children on campus uh, during the summer session. So that means we've got to have 200 and what, 240 to 260 volunteers on, on campus. And uh, we're very, very, very fortunate and very blessed that we live in an area where there's so many universities and so many colleges, not only medical universities like Duke and, and North Carolina, Chapel Hill or, or Wake Forest where they have a medical program. Uh, but there's also a lot of small schools around here that have physical therapy and have other, other programs that work. So we're able to get a lot of children and, and a lot of kids, college-age kids in the summertime that come and volunteer. Uh, plus we have about 100 and 120 staff, paying staff programs during the summer. So uh, these kids can come and get school credit plus get a, get a paycheck sometimes. But then a lot of the industry around here, we're in the furniture capital of the world in High Point, North mm-hmm. Carolina. There's a lot of furniture and manufacturing jobs around here, and these people uh, really give back. They come and they volunteer. So we get volunteers from, from everywhere, but we've had volunteers from 48 states, so uh, we'll take them from everywhere. Mm. Now, one of the things about the uh, camp is that it, it, it really is transformative for the children who uh, get a chance to come, and you've had over... 10,000 campers come through since June of 2004, and, and, and I know you try to make it fun, you try to make it empowering as well. Talk to us about the impact you've seen firsthand that Victory Junction has made in the lives of some of the children who've had a chance to come through. You know, and, and I tell people all the time, Victory Junction is not, um, we, we, can't, we don't cure disease. Uh, you know, the camp here, the doctors here, the staff here, um, if you come and you have hemophilia, when you leave, you still have hemophilia. Uh, if you have heart disease or kidney disease or spina bifida, you still have that when you leave. Um, this is an empowering place. This lets mm-hmm. children know, hey, it's okay to have spina bifida and, and be a child. And, and, I, and I'm still just that child. Uh, a lot of times we come here, you know, we get kids that, that come here and we have a sports arena, the Michael Waltrip Sports Arena and the Kurt Busch Superdome, and we play kickball and wiffle ball in there. and basketball and volleyball in Michael Waltrip's arena. And it's funny, a lot of these children have never played team sports. Um, you know, they've never had an opportunity to be on a team because they have heart disease, so they have to sit on the sideline. Or they, they're in a wheelchair, so they have to sit on the sideline. So when we divide them up and put them in teams, they look at us like we got three heads. It's like, what do you mean a team? We've never been on a team. Uh, we've never played team sports. And then you start playing basketball and or you start playing volleyball or you start playing a game uh, and it's very empowering to see these children say, hey, I can play sports, too. I can be a part of sports. Uh, I can make pottery. I can do this. I can swim in a swimming pool. I can ride a horse. I can catch a fish. Uh, and these are things that a lot of these children have never done and, and are experiencing for the first time because we create a medically safe environment for them to do it in. So I think that's the, that's the main thing. It, it's the empowerment of seeing kids from 6 to 16-year-olds with like illnesses, and, and I probably didn't mention that. When, when we see 6 to 16-year-olds, all the children at camp, the first week of camp, all the children may have heart disease. So you've got 6 to 16-year-olds all with the same disease, or you have 6 to 16-year-olds all with spina bifida. So uh, it's amazing to see how these younger children interact with these older children because a lot of times these kids have never really been around another child who has the same illness they have. Uh, and to hear them start to talk about how their life is and what they do and what their day-to-day experiences is, um, you know, it really, it, it's really, it, it's humbling uh, to us because I think we all sit there and say there before the grace of God go out. But I, I think when you, when you hear these kids, it's very empowering for them because when they leave here, uh, they have a sense of who they are, not what their disease is. They're not the child with spina bifida or the child with heart disease. Uh, when they leave here, they have a name. They're Tommy or Patty or Kyle or, or Johnny or whoever that may be. They have a name because they've become a kid again. Bless you. Okay, traveling on radio show family, I want you to to take notes, and uh, we're going to ask Kyle what route the charity ride is taking uh, from day to day so you guys can get out there with your, your dollars, dig deep, as we say in church sometimes, dig deep and uh, support this, this charity. And uh, I know that somebody will be riding along with a sidecar, so 
Kyle, fill our listeners, which uh, who are very generous people, uh, so they can participate and and support your charity. What cities are you guys going from from day to day? On uh, on Thursday, May seventh and eighth, we'll be in um, in Stevenson, Washington. We'll be in that area, and then we're going to drive up towards Mount Rainier, uh, and and through there. The night of May eighth, uh, we'll be in Richland, Washington. Uh, the night of May seventh, we'll be riding from Richland, and we'll ride into Sun Valley, Idaho. Uh, the next day, which is May tenth, we'll ride from Sun Valley, Idaho, over to Park City, Utah, and we'll spend the night May tenth in Park City, Utah. Uh, the next day, which is uh, Monday, we'll get up from Park City and we'll ride over to Steamboat Springs, and we'll spend a night in Steamboat Springs on the 11th of May, which is a Monday. Uh, then we go over to Hayes, Kansas on that Tuesday and spend a night in Hayes. Uh, and then Wednesday, we get into Kansas City uh, on May 13th. On that Wednesday, we get in about 2 o'clock in the afternoon. We're going to have a groundbreaking ceremony, and we're going to have some things uh, in the downtown, in the plaza area down in Kansas City, Missouri. So we're going to end up over in that part of town. Uh, then we leave on the 14th. We leave and head over from Kansas City to Batesville, Arkansas, which is a Thursday. Um, and we're spending the night in Batesville, Arkansas at Bill and Gail Davis's place. There are some friends of ours, and they have a huge place out there. So we're spending the night there. And then we leave Batesville on uh, Friday, uh, the 15th, and head over to Nashville, Tennessee. We're going to spend the night in Nashville and listen to some good country music and then uh, mm-hmm. head out of Nashville, Tennessee on Saturday, the, uh, the 16th, and head back to North Carolina. And then Sunday we'll get up on uh, May 17th and we'll head down to the Victory Junction Game Camp to see the kids. Ooh, you, I give you guys a lot of credit. That's a lot of a uh, lot of writing in, in really a short period of time, but uh, certainly well well worth it. Now, as you as you traveled across America um, each year for for the charity ride, what are some of the funny or heartwarming stories or even bizarre things that have happened along uh, along the uh, the way? <laughs> You know, I tell you what, you meet so many people uh, that it's truly amazing. We met a man in Arkansas, um, and, and and he didn't have, a, you know, he said, I don't have a lot of money to give you, but I, I want to give all you riders this because you, you guys are doing such a great job. I want to give you this. And he was a six-time national hog calling champion, and he stood up in the back of the pickup, and if you've ever heard anybody call hogs, it's an amazing thing. I'm telling you, it was an amazing thing. I think we were all... Uh, we just stood there in awe of what this guy was doing. It, it was truly fun. Uh, but at the same time, you know, in the middle of, I'm telling you, we were out in the middle of nowhere, Utah, where there's nothing for 60 miles one way and 60 miles another way. Uh, and one year, Terry Labonte was riding with us, and we passed two guys uh, and their family standing on the side of the road um, with a cardboard sign that said, Terry Labonte, if you're with this motorcycle ride, please stop. And Terry stopped and signed an autograph for him. And, and, and we talked to him, but they had driven an hour and a half to this crossroads just to meet us when we went by. And, and that's the kind of fans that support our sport, uh, but that's also the kind of fans that have supported this ride and have supported this camp. So uh, those are just a couple of, of those are bizarre and fun incidents that, that happened to us. Oh, bless. <laughs> well, Kyle, we uh, thank you so much for uh, sharing sharing the stories here and uh, just to let everyone know that kicking off uh, May 8th, and I think for those who are in the Washington area, May 7th, the 15th anniversary of the Kyle Petty Charity Ride across America brought to us by Chick-fil-A. Kyle, we thank you so much for being with us uh, today on the Trailing On Radio Show, and good luck to you out there on the road. And God bless you for everything you're doing, Kyle. God bless you guys, and thank you for having me. Oh, it's been our pleasure, and you've been listening to the Traveling On Radio Show. As always, it's been a pleasure to share some travel time with you today, and we look forward to spending some time with you again next week, same time, same frequency, and until then, happy travels. Happy travels. Looking for the latest travel book, the hottest item in travel gear and clothing? Or are you researching a destination or looking into the most current travel regulations or warnings? If so, visit TravelinOn.com, your one-stop shop for travel resources. At TravelinOn.com, that's TravelN-On.com, you can get the latest travel news and information and shop for all of your travel needs. TravelinOn.com is your premier source for all things travel. That's TravelN-On.com.
Every hour of every day, an American is diagnosed with multiple sclerosis. MS typically strikes between the ages of 16 and 50 when people are building careers and raising families. Today, there is no known cause or cure for MS. To learn more about this unpredictable disease, to volunteer, or to make a contribution to this important mission, please call 1-800-FIGHT-MS. You can make a difference by helping us stop this devastating disease. Please call 1-800-FIGHT-MS today. Thank you. Glaucoma affects millions of people each year. Known as the sneak thief of sight because of its silent progression, open-angle glaucoma remains undiscovered in nearly half of its victims. But glaucoma is treatable. Join the lion's fight to save your sight. If you're 40 or over, make an appointment for a dilated pupil exam every two years. This message brought to you by Lions Clubs International. For all the world to see.